Everybody. Welcome to Food Chain, presented by Perfi. We're here with Kayla Castaneda, the co-founder and CEO of Agua Bonita. Kayla, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Stoked to have you. I'm excited for this one. We kick off every show, Kayla, with an intro about the guest, so I'd love to hear more about you. My name's Kayla. I am about to turn 30 years old on Monday, so you know I'm going through my uh, midlife crisis, I guess. And yeah, I have worked in food and beverage for the last 10 years of my life, a lot on the corporate side and then a bit on the startup side. And after doing a little bit of both, I kind of got brave enough to start my own company, which is Agua Bonita. We make real fruit aguas frescas. It's a traditional Mexican drink and very much a reflection of my culture and my family. You started your career in wine and spirits, and I love that because it probably helped set you up for setting up your own drink. Is that true? Yeah, for sure. You know, like I I grew up in a really small town in California, very like ag heavy, and you don't get the type of culinary experiences that you would get in like New York and things like that. So Mm -hmm. I actually moved to New York as soon as I graduated high school. I went to college there and yeah, getting to work in wine and spirits in one of the biggest like cities in the world sets you up to think about food and beverage in just a totally different light, right? It's a whole experience. It's not, you know, exactly like going to your grandma's every Sunday. It's just this whole other world. One of the reasons why I'm so excited about this this episode is one thing I wanted to catch up with you on is early on, Perfy was called a different name and it was initially going to be Aguas Frescas. And I'm so glad it didn't turn out that way because you're doing a great job. And, you know, we're now a soda. But kind of funny story how it pivoted was I'm more than half Hispanic and my dad never wanted to teach us Spanish when he, you know, he came from Mexico City. So in a way, I get where people were being critics because I'm in a way I am a little bit whitewashed because he didn't want to teach us that. He, he was treated like crap when he when he came here. He met my mom. My mom's part Hispanic, but I get most of her Eastern European side. And people straight up were just hinting at like, hey, uh, you can't do that. You're you're basically not Mexican enough. And it freaked me out. Like I had like a little bit of an identity crisis. And then one night I went home and my mom didn't know I was starting a, a drink company. And she was like, do you know that when you were two years old, you pulled on my pocket when I was you know, doing my makeup and you said, Ma, you're perfy. And the next day it clicked, I trademarked it. And then I, I switched the entire direction of the company, but just wanted to share that with you. Um, it, it was going to go in a different direction. It was actually called the trademark still in progress, but I'm not going to pursue it. It was called Chingon and it worked out because yeah. it's a little, little too masculine of a, of a name, but yeah, that's crazy. I mean, for so many different reasons, I, I can relate to that a lot. I'm Afro Latina, so like black and Hispanic and yeah, like my Spanish is not the best. Like my partner he's his name is Juan and like my in-laws they live in Mexico so like when I interact with his family and stuff like that I feel like I'm very much confronted with like my Americanized version of myself you know because he's first generation and you know there's just like a little bit of that difference culturally even though like we're all in the same group to like anyone else yeah so i totally get it i totally get the whole identity crisis that can come with it i think in a way launching Abu bonita was like a way to like double down into my identity 
yeah, it was just definitely an interesting few months. And then, you know, I, I still talk about it here and there. It, it still kind of weirds me out because I think about, you know, like the first mood boards that I had were like street vendors and, and all of these dope, you know, different uh, like fruit forward street vendors where you can get the fresh fruit and the tahini. And I moved away from it, but I'm so stoked that you're doing what you're doing because you're doing such a great job and the, and the product is great, which leads me to the next thing. You're doing such a great job that people often say that, imitation is the highest form of flattery from what you can talk about tell us a little bit more about what happened last week when it comes to the whole idea of like imitation is the highest form of flattery like i really really feel like fuck that right like that's actually just annoying i don't think that there is really any flattery in being copied So I'll start off with that. And I will say like independently, I guess, uh, recently we went through this situation where last year, a big industry pitch competition, which we won, I presented Agua Bonita and we ran an ad campaign last year around this whole like real AF play on words as, as fuck and aguas frescas. And, you know, we got a lot of publicity last year. We were on, um, the Today Show, we were on Forbes, like, we just got a lot of real, like, national attention. And so I would say that if anyone who had been introduced to our brand didn't know that we were running that kind of campaign, I feel like it would be almost impossible. And then, yeah, fast forward a year, and one of the biggest beverage companies in the world launched Aguas Frescas under one of their brands. And I am actually not even upset with that. I knew that there was always going to be other Aguas Frescas to compete with. And actually there already are like entrants into the category who I really admire their founders and what they're doing with their products. There's Bowie out in Texas and there's Refrescos out in um, Colorado. So, you know, like I I understand there's going to be competition but what I got really fired up about this, and, and this was Minute Maid Aguas Frescas, is that they ran an ad campaign around this play on AF as well. And I had pitched in front of the same team at Coca-Cola that was responsible for pushing this product out. So is it possible that it's just a huge coincidence that after a year from seeing our product and our marketing campaign that they are running something very similar. It is possible. It's possibly a coincidence, but I say that in the spirit that like anything is possible, right? Yeah. So I watched that entire pitch. It's kind of interesting that this happened because I'm nervous about submitting the rest of my application for Perfect will be at the same you know event that you pitched at last year. And I'm a little bit nervous about it, but in a way I'm like, fuck it. You know, if we were selected to be, to pitch, we're just going to get after it. But I watched that entire thing and I watched the feedback. I mean, I know that you probably can't say it for legal reasons, but some of the feedback was applied to this beverage. Absolutely. It's so fucking obvious that it was like a scouting mission because they were talking about a little bit of the spice and these, these drinks that came out, there's zero spice. They're very fruit forward in the sense that there's no spice, but when it comes yeah. down to it, you have 50% juice and they have 3% with high fructose corn syrup. And mm-hmm. it's such a bummer to see, but people in the beverage industry, especially you know newcomers like yourself and, and, and myself, 
it's expected almost, you know, and it's, it's so uncomfortable for this David Goliath to be that they're always, you know, favored. They have the home court advantage. And then when on top of that, they do these spy missions to, to better their own brand, but they do it in such a cheap way. It's laughable sometimes. A big takeaway from the whole experience was just like, think of the impact that we could have made if we would have partnered together, exactly. you know, because like we have uh, like a 1% back program where we support migrant farm workers. We also try to rescue as much produce as possible to use into our drinks to like help fight food waste. And so it's just like, think about if we had all the resources of one of these major players, how much of an impact we could have made to the communities that are really responsible for products like ours even existing. And so that was, I think, the most disheartening part about it. Like, I even understand, like, copying something. I I think that it's so wrong, but it's done so often. And it just, like, it just doesn't make any sense to me when you can just partner with someone and amplify it versus like just trying to make a literally watered down version yourself. Yeah. But I will say though, when it comes to at least BevNet and and the pitch competition there, I would still encourage people to pursue the competition. I think that it was really great for us personally, like professionally, it was one of the competitions that I really, really wanted to win. Last year, I I won every competition that I entered, but BevNet was like a personal one for me just because I had spent so much time as a beverage professional watching the um, showdown and like hoping like, oh, one day I hope that I have a brand that is like, you know, good enough to contend in this. And so to win it was very just full circle. And the folks at BevNet have been like very supportive. So I would still say like, it's still worthwhile pursuing, but also, yeah, be cautious because when people know about your business, then that gives them, you know, the opportunity to possibly copy some things. For sure. And I definitely weighed that out. And I I love the the people over there at BevNet and Nosh. They've been so supportive with things that I'm doing. They give honest feedback on the label and I've since revised it and it will be, you know, live in a couple months. But sometimes the judge is like, "I, I guess you can be kind of worry-free because the his, the track record of this, you know, copying, and I agree with you. I, I don't think there's any flattery in it. I think it's lame as hell, but when they do it, they, they do it in such a way where they're going to cheapen your product. Like again, going back to how much fruits in, in your August frescoes, it's, you can't beat that. And when they just add 3% in high fructose corn syrup, they always lean towards high fructose corn syrup. I'm listening to a book right now called Soda Politics, and it's so damn awesome. Anybody listening to this, you got to check it out. Marion Nestle is her name. And she talks about how we transitioned from the cane sugar to high fructose corn syrup and back and forth between Coke and Pepsi. And it's all about just making money. It's bottom line. What they won't like accept is that this high fructose corn syrup is causing so much metabolic disease in America. One in three people are type two diabetic or pre-diabetic. Of the people that are pre-diabetic, 80% of them don't even know. And this number is going to increase by, you know, I think it's going to double in the next five years if we don't do something about it. So them copying a dope, innovative brand that's doing something with their heart and doing it in a shitty way is lame on multiple fronts. Their um, product makeup is very, very sweet, even though on the label it reads like similar to like the iced teas that are in the market. Their product is so sweet because they're using high fructose corn syrup 
and artificial sweetener. <laughs> like, so, so it's like, it, yeah, like maybe very technically it only has X amount of added sugar or what have you, but it's also like being shot with artificial sweetener on top of the high fructose corn syrup. Yeah. That was something that I was like, I can't, what, how is this so sweet at this sugar level? And then I took a, yeah, I took a cruise through the ingredient list. So when I pivoted from Chingon to Perfine, we were very, very fruit forward to begin with. But in all honesty, a lot of people are like, oh, you're just another functional soda uh, with Perfine. And I, I get that. But every functional soda that you can really think of on the top of your head is for gut health and purpose of brain health. But one thing that I was inspired by the most, and this is honest truth, is Spindrift and, and maybe even Sanzo a little bit. The Spindrift back in 2015, 2016, I think it was was when I first experienced like a sparkling water with like real fruit juice. And I was like, this can be even better. I can't wait to have the dollars to do something like this. And I added stevia, monk fruit and allulose. And you would think some people are like, Hey, this is a little too sweet for me. Some people are like, Hey, this is just right. But mm -hmm. I, I see what they did, but they did it with the absolute worst possible ingredients. They could artificial and high fructose corn syrup. My co-founder is a huge fan of Spindrift. And yeah, I think for us, obviously with Alasarescas, I really wanted to like capture the authentic level of fruit, which is why we use like 50% mm. of fruit juice, which is very technically difficult to pull off in cans. But yeah, I, I will say like, I've even gotten to talk to the founder of Spindrift before. And he told me about like some of the struggles that they had in the first five years. They weren't even shelf stable for the first five years. And it was because they were using real fruit juice and like more fruit juice than what the industry was used to. And so that was, you know, a big encouragement to us to just like keep on going, even though we were going through like a lot of trials to really get to the fruit juice content that we were hoping to get and, and did eventually achieve. You just launched a new flavor. Tell me more about it. Yeah. So we just launched Agua de Jamaica, which is hibiscus. So I know hibiscus is super trending right now, and there's a lot of hype around it, which is very well deserved. But when it comes to Aguas hibiscus is actually like an OG. And mm -hmm. so it had been one of our very highly requested flavors. And so we were so excited to put it out into the world. Yeah, pre-orders are live on our site right now. They are shipping end of this month, end of May. And we're just excited. You know, it's cool to even see like these cans come out because the cans themselves are like a collaboration with new team members that you know have joined us since we've started and so it's just a like a testament to like okay this is another milestone that we're getting to check off the list and like producing this means like we have a team behind us and you know we have people that are wanting this and there's demand for it and stuff like that so it's really exciting and do you have more flavors in the works? Are you sticking with Thank these? You. There you go. You, you don't. You don't have to. You don't have to tell us. Don't worry. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna hold these ones close to the yeah. chest until until they're ready to come out in light of recent events. But yeah. they are very highly requested, and they taste hella good. And so I'm just really excited to get them out into the world. <laughs> I'll share some secrets with you. <laughs> we have our fourth flavor launching this summer and oh, nice. it is not a fruity flavor it is one of the most popular traditional soda flavors oh okay so is it like root beer or i, I don't know we don't have to play a guessing game right now yeah. but i'll tell you offline 
Um, okay. <laughs> but it's if anyone knows me that's listening to this, you probably know the flavor because it's my favorite soda on the planet for like forever. Outside of like the, the true sodas, the dark ones, you know, but we recreated it with fruit juices. I'm really pumped. It has a, a Web3 hook to it with a popular Web3 project. So it's going to be fun. I can't wait to watch That's it. That's exciting. But yeah. it's, it's I'm, our, I'm intrigued. I can't wait. I'll send you some when we, when we launch, but it's our first step into saying, hey, we're we're like a real soda. We're not just a fruity soda. We're going to have all of these flavors. And we have five flavors in the works, the first one of which launches this summer. And I'm so fired up. Awesome. Yeah, I definitely got my Perfy sample pack when you announced that they were available. So I've tried all of your products. That was January, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh, such a, such a funny story. So we rushed. We went from R&D in February. The first I reached out, like three groups didn't respond because it was just me. And they're like, this guy probably is not going to do it. But Pilot actually responded in, in the end of February. And we didn't start until April. But between April and August, we finalized flavors and then ops got it in cans by november so within seven months we went from you know a concept to liquid in cans which was absolutely unheard of and yeah part of the bad part of rushing that was the trial run that you got the trial pack with i learned yeah. a lot during that we, we shipped it in the wrong size box people were getting broken cans we learned that we shouldn't ship thursday through sunday to frozen states because the cans are going to explode we learned a bunch so it was, it was a plus and a minus launching so early but I, I learned a lot got some reviews listened to how people talked about it and then fully launched in february with the official you know, production run but that was yeah, a learning mean, experience for sure i mean we're still learning things right now too and like that's how you learn though it's like you got to do it and then figure it out from there so like we have some revisions coming up to our formulations with our drinks. And so we'll be like rolling those out pretty soon, but it's like, you have to listen to the market. Right. And it's like the only way to listen to the voice of market is for them to be able to try it and to get feedback and stuff like that. So I feel like that's the other thing that is like a blessing and a curse with startups is that you're able to kind of learn and move quickly and make the pivots that you need to. But also because you're a startup, you're having to like learn and make pivots and adjust, you know, where you can. So, and it's all expensive at every single turn. Oh yeah. It's shocking how these things add up, but part of the game. Yeah. My next question is, are you having any trouble, you know, like when you talk to buyers, like, hey, explain to them what it is, or are they getting it right right out the gate? It depends. It honestly, I think a lot of it depends on geography. The California and Texas buyers really understand what Aguas Frescas are just because of the makeup of the communities there. Other buyers are maybe not so familiar, but I will say like one really good thing to come out of this whole like fiasco is that you know, Minute Maid is now starting to educate buyers on what Aguas Frescas are. And so that helps us too, you know, to be able to go into a conversation where maybe some um, context has already been had. But yeah, sometimes people are just don't know. They think that we are like Spindrift and we have to like tell them it's really like 10 times Spindrift, you know, like Spindrift, the largest fruit content that theirs have, I think is like five to 8%, but most of the SKUs are in between three to 5% of fruit juice or fruit. And, um, you know, ours are closer to 30 to 60% in some. So it's a really, really big difference. One thing about 
Perfies, we're eight to 14%. And man, we couldn't go any higher with the sweeteners that I, I wanted to use. It would have felt like a sugar bomb. The allulose makes it feel like you're drinking like a full sugar soda. And that's one of the challenges I'm having it with, with some buyers. Is they think that we're a flavored sparkling water too. And mm-hmm. once they taste it though, it, like things change a little bit because we're not creating an alternative. We created a soda that feels like a soda, but I definitely hear you there. It's by geography too. Yeah. Like I like that. Like, you know, we're creating a soda that feels like a soda, right? Like ours. And I think that's, you know, why some of the revisions is like, I just wanted to make less sweet aguas frescas, mm-hmm. you know, like that's like really like, it's very simple. Like, you know, I just wanted to make less sweet aguas frescas. We're not like reinventing something or like just really like, you know, coming out with something crazy new. It's like, we just want this, but like better. So I like that line, you know, we're, you're making a soda. <laughs> it was a main thing, you know, part of my history was at Quest Nutrition. And one thing I learned there as fast as I could was they revitalized the protein bar category. Now there's a billion it's so watered down where like I don't even need protein bars really anymore unless they remind me of the original Quest bars, but they were creating decadent protein bars. Yeah, they were a protein bar, but cookie dough tasted like cookie dough. You know, apple pie tasted like apple pie. And that was one of my main goals is to take things I've learned from that and recreate something that's familiar. Like our flavors are, we basically recreated Hawaiian punch, cactus cooler and sunkissed slash like ruby red squirt. That was the main goal to create something familiar, but just way better. Cactus cooler reminds me of my dad so much. He just like, I feel like we always had cactus cooler around all the time, but yeah, totally agreed. It's like, just really kind of packaging up that familiarity and that nostalgia, but like doing it in a way that you don't have to feel guilty about. We're, we're short on time today, but I want to get a couple more fun ones in. Everyone has like a, a villain in their story. You know? Was it was it Haritos or was it another drink company? Did you have that or, or did you just say, hey, we're just making a drink? We didn't really have a villain just because we were like very kind of like first movers in mm-hmm. the space. And so that was part of the difficulty in talking to buyers was they're like, okay, well, who's the competition or like, what do you go next to and, and stuff like that. And there wasn't other aguas frescas and you're not really a full cold pressed juice, but you're not really a flavored sparkling water. You know what I mean? And yeah. so that, that was like part of like our identity crisis as a brand. So we didn't have a villain in our story at the beginning. We were just doing what we wanted to do. But now I think that has changed. <laughs> yep. Gotcha. And then are you in mostly cold sets? Or are you uh, off shelf in like the drink aisles? Where, where do you play best? Where can people yeah, find you so, in store? So cold is sold as people in the industry say. So yeah, we are in the cold sets because we want people to just be able to pick up a can and try it and just like drive that trial, especially when you're trying something new that maybe they are not familiar with aguas frescas, so we like to live in the cold set, but our cans are shelf stable. So there are a few retailers that you will see us in later this summer and later this year that you'll find us actually in four packs, but it'll be just on a dry shelf. And then you can pick up all four flavors and go home and put them in your fridge and try them at, at your convenience. So we can play on both sides. Love it. Yeah, I, I pick you up at Sprouts. I've got one a couple blocks away from my house. All right, Kayla. Well, where can people find you? 
So right now, the best place to find all of our flavors is online at www.drinkaguabonita.com. I would also recommend following us on social media, on Instagram. The handle is also at drinkaguabonita for a bunch of new, really exciting retailers um, that we will be announcing pretty soon and all through summer for more places to find us. You can also find us in Sprouts and some of your favorite online retailers coming soon. Yeah, it was a pleasure having you. Thank you so much for your time. That's it for this episode of Food Chain. Thank you so much.